What's up, everyone? I'm Johnny. And I'm Elliot. And welcome to the Sport Mind Avenue podcast, the intersection of all things currently happening in sports and the psychological impacts it can have on athletes in the community. And if you want to learn more about how to improve your mental understanding of sports, or you just wish to view more podcasts like this one, then go check out mind-designsports.org and get your head in the game. Welcome back to the Sport Mind Avenue podcast, where we talk all things currently happening in sports and the mental impacts it can have on athletes in the community. On today's episode, we have playoff talk, spider tack discussions. We have free agency talk and predictions, Ben's breakdown, and then finally, an extra fantasy draft just for everyone. So uh, how are we doing today, boys? Doing well. You know, I can't complain. Um, teaching kids sports. And gotta love it, you know, instilling in the minds and the young, uh, in their mental efforts and to continuing to chase their dreams is pretty fun. Yeah, Camp Counselor Elliot over here. Love to see it. Um, Camp Director. Camp Director, and, uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. My my fault. Going into I'm more of a counselor. What a what a week of uh, guys! What, what a week of uh, playoffs, huh? Freaking yeah, man! Crazy. We got a we got a lot of storylines to cover today. Yesterday, yesterday was my first day in like weeks without basketball. basketball. You, you you're like I you could breathe like no there was no. Not, there wasn't much on like there was a uh, there was, was a lightning, guys Lightning Islanders last night. I'll also talk about that game, but uh, that was the only game on last night. Like that was a bent over over game. That was like oh my. I mean, I, dude, I'll talk about it in my segment, but God, that, that game was. He, I, I, I went downstairs and just, it was like 4 nothing already. I was like, this is, I was like, oh, like no basketball night, just hockey. Watch a nice hockey game, like even teams. What a terrible game. They got scudded. Worst it was, game I've watched. It was tough to watch. Ruined. Worst hockey game I've watched in like 10 years. I'm not even kidding. That was, <laughs> it was the most I, We'll definitely get to hockey talk in a little bit for sure, yeah. but. I want to start with the NBA playoffs. Um, we owe it to everyone. It's been a while in between this episode and last one. So we have a whole new round. So yeah. let's start with um, the Nets lost. Okay, uh, well, who, who thought that one was coming? I, I got to go first. I got to first, you know, got to gotta shout out my friends from Milwaukee. You know, uh, Nate Riling, Rob Linnell, Luke Ishii, if you're going to listen. Uh, congrats on the Bucks winning. Okay. I said it is in the group chat this weekend to them, and I'm going to say it again on this podcast. If the Nets are healthy, the Nets are winning. Okay? Period. Chris, also, second thing, and I will admit I was wrong. I didn't think this would happen. Chris Middleton stepped the hell up in this series. And the thing is, is that the Bucks last year, in playoffs, last year, bubble, garbage. That's why the, I know Giannis got hurt at the end of that Heat series, but the Bucks were – they. Middleton sucked. He wasn't consistent, okay? Middleton has been consistent, and he's been playing like a number two guy like Giannis needs, okay? He's not the best number two guy. I don't, Giannis could have a lot better of a number two guy. Don't get me wrong. But Chris Middleton is damn stepping up, and I'm liking it because if if he can play like that, the Bucks have a good chance of winning the finals. However, like I said, the Nets are healthy guys. The Nets are winning, and I, I think they're winning in six in that series. KD is maybe the best player in the world. I still think KD's better than Giannis after that playoff series. If Harden's not 50%, oh, yeah. if Harden's not 50%, then Harden's healthy. Harden has had a reputation in the playoffs for being kind of a letdown, especially in those later rounds. But I will say that Rockets here oh, is bad in game seven. However, 
Harden's healthy. He has Durant with him. He's chilling. You get Kyrie Irving too. You get if he's healthy. If Kyrie and this is like you know what? Think thank God Celtics never even considers running him back. He's his personality's toxic and he just in, guys he's injury prone. The guy he he, go, he went down like a he went down like a twig again and again. He just every year he goes down like a twig. It's it's kind of I'm concerned for Kyrie and like he gets hurt every year in the playoffs. But the Nets weren't healthy and the Bucks you know hopped on that. So do you want to go? Yeah, the band, I, you know, I got to ask, uh, you know how the, the Bucks weren't very good in the bubble. Do you think that the lack of fans and the lack of that motivation? Um, I mean, listen, the bubble was a different, it was a different, it was a different, you know, game down there. It was like playing pick a ball. I feel like the teams that got hot in the bubble were the, the heat. I mean, the heat, I think if you have a normal playoffs in 2020, heat don't make it. The Bucks, I think, make it out of the East in 2020 if the Bucks are healthy. That, I actually still think that Bucks team last year was better in some sense. I, I don't know. Drew Holiday is a pretty good upgrade from Eric Bledsoe, but that Bucks team last year was dominant, guys. Like they they lost like what, twelve games. Like that was a really good year. And Middleton was playing good. Middleton was being Middleton was super good that season. Again, the bubble. Chris Middleton went from he just disappeared. Like he, he was he mm-hmm. had a couple of good games here and there. Like, like he had a like, one forty four. But he wasn't good. He couldn't. He couldn't be honest as number two. And Bledsoe was not a good. Night. Bledsoe was just garbage. So maybe Drew Hall. Listen, the the this Bucks team could win. I mean, I I think the Suns are the best team in the playoffs, especially when they get CP three back, probably on Wednesday. Um, even if the Suns lose tonight, the Suns are still winning in five, and I think the Suns are going to win in four. So, um, but the Bucks, if they're Bucks four, Suns in four, Suns in four, dude. <laughs> Uh, if the Bucks are healthy, bro, the Bucks have a really good chance. The 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 Nets are probably the biggest obstacle they're gonna have to climb. The, maybe the Suns. The Suns look good, but the Nets. Congrats oh, wow. on the Bucks. They got they got lucky because the Nets got injured. But congrats on the Bucks. I just don't. I don't want to see Chuck win. I I roasted him last time when when Chuck went into the halftime report and he's like, "Yeah, Bucks, Bucks are going all the way. They're winning it all." I really don't want to see Chuck. I don't want to see it happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, shout out the Bucks. They finally got that that hump off their back, right? Getting out of that hard eastern area. Now they move on to the Hawks, who are definitely a scrappy team who don't go away easy. So I guess the question is, you know, what are what are the Bucks gonna have to do to keep Trey Young and that Hawks offense at bay? Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to to guard someone that's an absolutely ridiculous shooter that can literally shoot from anywhere, but it's really hard to do. It is extremely hard to guard someone that's basically like mini Steph Curry out there. Um, they they did a great job of it. Uh, they didn't, but um, the, Trey Young is a great shooter, and if you can keep him at bay like they they did in the last series. Um, then you should be okay. But Kevin Huter, you know, his teammates said they call him his second personality, Kayvon, when he's um, when he's hot. It's something to deal with, and I, I really don't think that the Hawks will will show too much. Um, I think they'll win a couple games, but they'll make a little bit of a statement. Bucks and six. That's my prediction. Bucks and six. <laughs> uh, let me just say about the Hawks. Oh, uh, thank God Philly's out of the playoffs. I just hate Philly so much. I have a uh, family. I'm, I'm residing right now in my summer home down by Philadelphia, about an hour 
um, in the Jersey Shore, but Southern Jersey Shore, where it's mainly Philly people. So God, I cannot wait to roast them about the Sixers. I know that I know the Celtics didn't make it far, but Boston was injured. Philly was at full form. Ben Simmons can't shoot. He's gone. He's out. He's. We'll talk about Ben Simmons more individually later, but he's gone. Goodbye to Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid, poor meniscus. If Embiid's healthy, maybe. But Embiid was still doing the things. It wasn't Embiid's fault. It wasn't Embiid's fault. It wasn't Embiid's fault. Def, again, I mean, Seth Curry played a great series, but the Hawks just played better. They had better better game plans. I mean, even the games the Hawks lost, they played good games. You know what I mean? Like, Philly Philly just was, was the better team, but the Hawks, Kevin Hooter, you know, I've always liked Kevin Hooter. He was good this year, all year. He stepped up. Also, no one no one talks about this. The Hawks fired Coach Lloyd Pierce in the middle of the year. Hawks were a struggling team. Hawks looked like another lottery year. Out of nowhere, Hawks are coming in as the fifth seed, fourth seed all year. I'm like, okay, they're on the Celtics' tails. Then they're better than the Celtics at the end of the year. I'm like, maybe Nate McMillan, as like a, he used to be the Pacers coach. Why did the Pacers fire him? Because look what Nate McMillan's doing with the Hawks. Pacers but, weren't going anywhere, though, with him. They, but the Pacers at least were uh, making the play. They, they didn't make the, the Pacers had, have, do have talent on their team. They're, they're, they didn't make the playoffs this year. They made the playoffs every other year with McMillan. And that Pacers team, they weren't NBA final teams, but they were, you know, they could make yeah. it to the second round, I think. However, so that's what I'm saying. Nick McMillan in the, is maybe low-key coach, coach of the year candidate, the way he's been coaching this team. Also, I mean, Trey Young didn't play great in Game 7. I texted my friend Spencer, who's he's a big Hawks fan from Atlanta. I said to him, if the Hawks can beat the Bucks, it's not It's possible. I do think the Hawks, if they do it, it's going to be in five, It's going to be in seven, maybe six, seven. In, I think they'll win in Milwaukee, I think. But Trey Young has got to play perfect. He can't have a bad game like that, even against the, the Bucks, because Giannis is coming. Giannis is, is determined to win this year, too. I, I will say Giannis has gone through his office goal of the second round with the Nets. He's coming. Chris Middleton keeps playing the way he does. Bucks should still win in six. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. But Trey Young has got to play perfect. Yeah, I'm also going to go Bucks in six. I think that Trey Young is nasty. Trey Young's nasty, but like there's only so much he can do against this Bucks team. So I'd say Bucks in six. Maybe if they pull it out, Hawks in seven. But right now, Bucks in six. And Trey Young, again, Trey, there's going to be games. There's going to be games where Trey Young is going to go off and score 50 points. Don't get me wrong, or 45. But he can't – I don't think – it's going to be hard. He has Drew Hall. Drew Holiday is a lot better of a point guard to guard him. No offense to Ben Simmons because Drew Holiday is a, a true guarding point. I, no you know offense to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons sucks. So just, Yeah, I guess let's move on to that part. Um, yeah, 76ers are gone. Ben Simmons cannot shoot, period. Um, uh, guys, so you're saying I, I, he gets treated like out. a baby. I'm worried about that, out the most interesting statistic out there as far as Ben Simmons goes. Um, so the lowest free throw percentage in a single NBA playoffs. Go to Shaq's. Of at least 70 shots. Ben Simmons in one with 34.2%. Nice. This year. Then Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal with 37.4%. You have a worse free throw percentage than Shaq. Than Shaq. Come on. I've heard a lot of talk that um, when he was, when he started playing basketball, his dad was like his main coach and he, he was, he does everything with his, um, with his right hand, except shoot. 
He shoots with his left hand because his dad taught him how to shoot with his left hand. Now, when they went to, when he went to the NBA, they tried to work with him. He had shooting guards and even, um, uh, JJ Redick, uh, come up and talk to him and be like, Hey, man, like, you should start shooting with your right hand. You should start shooting with your right hand because you're going to shoot a lot better. It'd be more accurate. Uh, the way your vision works is that you have a dominant eye and where you line up your shot with your eye makes you a lot better shooter. And he, he said, no, like he, he, he tried to work with his shooting coach for a while. And then as soon as the shooting coach left, he went back to his left hand. And I think that might have a lot of things to do with it. Um, he said, he's not going to play in, uh, where was it? Was it Europe for the, the Olympics? I don't, I, I'm pretty sure he probably got a call that night being like, Hey man, I don't think we want you. And Definitely. he's <laughs> got to work on work in the off season because even, even Joel Embiid said, you know, he wanted to throw him under the bus so badly in his post post game press conference. His mentality was just way under his belt. Yeah, guys, Ben, ben Simmons, sorry, I'll interrupt you. My grandfather's a Sixers fan and he was saying this to me. Guys, Ben Simmons is someone, what is he even doing in the offseason? Like, he hasn't been, my grandfather was telling me, he wasn't training. He was out with Kendall Jenner, smooching with Kendall Jenner. You know, look what Tatum was doing. Look what Donovan Mitchell was doing. Look at Jalen, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is actually the best example. He couldn't even shoot out of college when he drafted him from Cal. One of the best three-point shooters in the league right now. Oh, you know what he did all summer was shoot threes constantly, hundreds a day. That's what I mean. Ben Simmons didn't do that. And like you said, I just, you just want to interrupt you on the MB thing. Joel Embiid is a winner. Joel Embiid's a great player. You gotta respect him. He played on a tour meniscus, guys, and put up 30. Okay? And 15 rebounds. This guy's unreal. But the, the thing is, is he's a mentality is great. But Ben Simmons, where was he? I mean, no, he has no heart for the ball. He had no passion to like get even get rebounds. I mean, did you see? He looks scared out there. He did. Yeah. Like, I mean, had, bottom line. He was 100%. He was 100%. B was hurt, and then B was dominating, okay? Just pointing out there, you know, pointing yeah, out. Yeah, bottom line, if you're Ben Simmons, you need to learn how to shoot this summer. I know no, the 76ers I'm have not. a plan. No, no, no. I I'm know the 76ers done. have a plan in place for you. That's what they've been sharing with everyone. You need to learn how to shoot this summer, or you're going to become irrelevant, Quay. No. That's he, all I have to say. I, I think he becomes irrelevant after this year. I do not think that he – I think he'll try. I think he'll try to get better. But I do not think that he will ever become to the standard that they want them to be and what he was expected to be coming out of the NBA draft. I do not. I don't think that he will pull up his weight because he's been in the league for what four years now. And, out the first you know, and he, he, I mean, he did get injured his, his freshman year, but besides that, he has had all this time to work on this. He's a point guard. You're a point guard. You. You, you, your literally main job is to guard the points. Get the points. Help them out. When when people need a, a quick point or something, they're going to look for you. For you. Yeah, and when as soon as he made that, that drastic error and shoving the ball off in the fourth quarter, Embiid said that that's when the game was over. You cannot have your point guard scared to make You points. scared. No heart. Yeah, and you know passion, guys. You know. I don't. I don't know if it's his, if it's the pressure. Maybe he's suffering from depression. Yeah. Maybe maybe he just doesn't have it 
Yeah. Like I, his mentality is losing. I mean, guys, what is like in the psych terms? Like what? Like what is his problem? Out of these words, is he? Is maybe he maybe he's part of the the, the the Jenner curse. No, it's confidence. Curse the Booker. He better not curse the books. The answer is confidence. Ben Simmons has no confidence with his jumper. If he had even half the confidence I had with mine, he'd be a three point shooter. Like the, I mean, he's just so soft with it. I'm so bad at basketball, but I don't care. Like, just yes. go out and enjoy, yes. shoot threes, have a good time. I, I don't understand why it's such a big deal right now. Yeah. I, I As much hate as I'm throwing to Ben Simmons, he deserves it right now. He mm-hmm. 100% deserves it. He's been getting it from the Celtics fans, but not from the rest of the NBA. The NBA he is can take this, this hate and work it into building himself into a play, better player, and I would love that. I would love for him to get traded. He works in the offseason, and he becomes a dominant player. That would be awesome. Good for him. He was drafted by a team for a reason. He made it all the way from college into the NBA for a reason. There, you, you know, you proved yourself to be here. Prove why you should stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. So, yeah, I mean – Ben Simmons is just not having a good time right now. He's getting ragged by the media. I hate watching it because I really do like him. So I, 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 he just needs to spend the so summer happy. developing. That's what he needs to focus like on. I just didn't like him because Philly fans hyped him up so much. And that's better than Tatum, better than Mitchell. I was like, come on. <laughs> no. All right, but, let's uh, I, let's I flip it over to the other series now. That, that one makes me sad. It, it does, but, you know, we got to keep moving on with it. Like so, it, yeah. Jazz are out. Clippers clutched up in a 4-2 series win. Um, Paul George ends the curse. Paul, yeah, Paul George P. showed up for once. He loved to see it. No pandemic P. He even looked good on even on Sunday against the Suns. Game one, he looked good. He was balling. Yeah, he, he looked great. D. Booker had more. D. Booker played out of his mind. If, hey, if D. Booker doesn't play good in that game, the Clippers win that game. So... He looks nasty, man. He's he's just gonna keep doing his thing. Getting better. I had Jazz going all the way. Really? I didn't have him winning. I didn't have him winning the finals. You're not a Suns rider. Before the Suns, let me be clear. All right, as Obama once said, let me be clear. I did not have them winning the series until the Suns came out and showed why they deserved to be there. The Suns showed out. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, showed everyone why they – Ben Simmons, I hope you're listening – why they belong in the league. And Chris Paul showed why he is a dominant – how he is a dominant player and why he why he deserves to be in the league. And I, I think the Suns deserve to be where they are. Um, I You can say this, like, everyone deserves to be where they are. Some people got – you know, some people got more advantage advantageous options when the Nets got injured, for example, um, it, the, the, um, the Bucks got a better shot at winning that series. Uh, the Suns had basically nothing going for them. They lost Chris Paul and still won. It still kept going. You know, guys, you know, that shows me won the first game. how much more dangerous the Suns are because they're, they have a lot of young talent and Devin Booker, once Chris Paul even goes, yeah, it took the Suns a couple of years to get going. You got Chris Paul there now. These guys look better than last year, even without him now. They feel confident. DeAndre Ayton, they're confident. This team believes in themselves to win. 
You know what I mean? This this is a confident Suns team. This Suns team, the Suns teams in the past, and you started seeing it in the bubble a little bit last year. That you know, the eight and bubble start, the hype got going. But the Suns were young; they just didn't lack maturity yet. Uh, Devin Booker was putting up points, but no one else really. Aiton was just a rookie and barely even in the league. Um, you got it, it. Just you know what I mean? The Suns were really young and. Sorry, actually, I'm watching the Red Sox. Hunter Renfro just did a two-run home. The Red Sox up five, too. But um, back to what I was saying, the the Suns matured, and now you're seeing that, even without Chris Paul now. It's like Chris Paul's like, I'm going to take a game off. I'm like, I'm not really, but I was out. Chris Paul's like the grandpa. Th- these young grandkids, they dominate out there just by themselves. Even Booker showed up. And I think this is the Suns are looking dangerous. I'm not going. Wrong, but I do believe that uh, Chris Paul's back tonight, right? Is he back I today? Think so. I think but so. I'm going Suns in five. He was just um, he was just out for the game one. Mm-hmm. Dude, Hunter Renfro, by the way, Ellie just hit a shot, dude. The yeah, I know. I just got the notification. Big big series for the Red Sox, and we got Ray. Oh, sorry, Johnny Yankees. Um, oh, actually, that that triple play was pretty sick, though, on Sunday. Yeah, that triple play was pretty cool. Sorry, Yankees. I know it was. Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays battling for first. Right hey, now. you know what? We're winning right now. So that's a start. We're winning. You're right We're winning. Now. Yeah, but why, who cares? Like, I, I, I don't win anymore. We're winning. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> uh, let's move on. I guess that's a perfect transition to our first topic of the day. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Whoa. What, what, what about Devin Booker? What do you mean? We talk about Devin Booker every oh, episode. Ryan, uh, guys, I, no. Come on. No, Can we have this debate? No, not we're yet. Safe, we're oh. Ben. Devin Booker hasn't even won anything. I think Jason Tatum is more like Kobe Bryant than Devin Booker. Jason Tatum reminds me of Kobe. I'm going to have that argument, yes. Jason Tatum is more like Kobe than Booker. But Okay, but Booker's position. Devin Booker's stats do highly resemble Kobe Kobe. Bryant. Okay, fine. He's a better three-point shooter. Tatum's techniques remind me of Kobe. That's all I'm saying. He He has more finesse moves. Devin Booker is more of a dribble around spot up shooter. That's what Kobe was though. Devin Booker has the shooting, like the the, the uh, dribble up, and, and Tatum has more of like the physique side of Kobe. Yeah, I agree with it's this. A, it's a mix of both. So Tatum and Booker, I agree. But I don't know. No one's Kobe, you know. Yeah, well, that's why they don't call him Kobe. They call him like Kobe. Yeah. Like Mike, you that that man wasn't Mike, but he was well, like. He even said it. Kobe said it on the last <laughs> dance before he died. Like, I'm not Michael Jordan. I would never Michael Jordan, and he's like Michael Jordan taught me what I know. You know what I mean? Like, but he's he in talks with Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think Jason Tatum will develop into a more all-star uh, overall character in the NBA than Devin Booker will. I think Devin Booker will evolve into a great player, um, even better than he is now. But I do not think that he'll be as as star-studded as Jason Tatum. He's not going to be as good as Tatum. I, okay, I will say, here's the, here's my debate. Was he better than Jalen Brown? I, yes, now say he's better than Jalen Brown. Absolutely. Like, Jalen Brown's good, but Devin Booker? Like, here's a question. Yeah, Jalen Brown isn't your number one star. No, Booker could be. And the thing is, is here's the here's this question. Who is Booker now past? You think, is Devin Booker better than Paul George? Is he better than Paul George right now? Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. And right, right now, like in yes. the moment, he's... you think Devin Booker's prime could be better than Paul George's peak prime? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. You th- I said Jalen Brown. Is he better than John Morant? Yes. 
Is he no. better than? Is he better? Ready? Is he better? Than, well, John Morant. John Morant is is a point guard. All right. He and he can be a shooting guard. Like it doesn't really matter. But he's a majority point guard. Devin Booker is a spot up shooter. Oh, here's, one, here's one more. For yeah, you, but you're gonna sit here and tell me that. John Morant's better than Devin Booker with the straight. Players. I can tell you right now that John Morant will be another Westbrook. That's my. That's my. Yeah. Is okay. Is he better than West, Russell Westbrook? Is he better no. Than... John Morant isn't better than Russell Westbrook, but he will be a we- Russell. Oh no, 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 no. Is, uh, Russell is, for okay. all of his, all of his. We are no, no, getting sidetracked. Okay, <laughs> let's get back <laughs> on focus, please. <laughs> On the topic one, like we were supposed to do, completely yeah. irrelevant to the Elliot. sport of basketball. Well, he got me back into the Devin Booker, so I was ready to go to baseball. So inspections are starting for sticky substances on pitchers in the MLB. Uh, we saw Jacob Degrom be the first one to experience it yesterday. Uh, I think Garrett Cole got inspected today. So yeah, just um, an interesting time in the MLB. They're cracking down on the substances. Love to see it. What a, what a, it's not surprising. The MLB always finds a way. They always crack down. Something always starts, and the MLB's there. It just takes them a couple of years. Now, what's what I have a problem with this is that um, they made it a big issue before they started cracking down on it. What yeah. they've done is, you know, like. Before it starts, when it starts to come out, immediately go into investigations instead of um, wait. Because by now they can just like not use it, they just stop using it. Well, yeah, that's the point. It's for them not to be using it. There's an investigation, it. like what stopped until it blows away and then it just comes back. Well, the thing, yeah, the thing is, is like they'll probably expect pitchers every game now, though. What, what they yeah, inspect? pitchers are inspected every start, every time they come in from the bullpen. Like, every, like if they're touching the mound, they're going to be inspected. So I don't see that going away at any time in the near future. I guess uh, a good question we could ask that kind of ties into the psychology aspect of the show is, you know, what are the possible mental impacts that this could have on, like, free agency uh, in this offseason, right? You're working hard. You're using stuff, trying to get that big contract. All of a sudden, they're cracking down. You haven't been caught yet, but you're still trying to get that payday. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems here with um with ethics yeah, and stuff like that that comes into play. Yeah, well, these pitchers too mentally, like they're like, oh shit, what if I start like sucking once that they crack down? Like there are a lot of these like elite pitchers, like even someone like you know Tower Glasgow guys. I mean, I've heard rumors about Tower Glasgow using it. Guys, mm-hmm. how good are they off him? I mean, I could even say Garrett Richards in the Red Sox. I heard Garrett Richards rumors uh, recently, and Garrett Richards the first month was really good. Uh, last couple starts, not as good. Like you know, it's a little sus for people like that. Like you want that money, uh, and you're using that and now. You can't use it because you're gonna get checked every day. Yeah, you I mean, it's like a tough, tough crowd to survey so far to see if it's really changed. Is you're surveying the two best pitchers in baseball. Regardless of substances or not, so it's kind of hard to tell. Clayton Kershaw at least hasn't. Clayton Kershaw hasn't been like a talk. That just Clayton Kershaw's respected by everyone. So I'm saying, hey, shows you right there though. Clayton Kershaw is is the goat of our our era of pitching. No one's anything about Clayton Kershaw. That's all I'm saying. Like, 
Clayton Kershaw. I think he has like a four ERA, so I don't think he's doing well. Not this year, not this year, but well, what does that make you think he he used it like other years? No, I don't think so. No, no, uh, spider Tech's definitely a newer thing that yeah. has come into the league. I think it's been like two like, years. Like Pedro Martinez used it in two thousand four. Like I don't. There's no way like these guys were using it. Like no, or, or, or I don't even know. Like Mariano Rivera, but none of like the closer closer. Like there, no one used that. I don't think not in those days. Or, yeah, like, and I mean 15, it's twenty. I I looked into the rosin thing. Um, it's true what Trevor Bauer was saying. Like, that is sticky enough to make the baseball stick to your hand. So I'm kind of on board just to stick to rosin thing and stop worrying about all the substances. Um, it's just kind of – I don't even know. Like, it's just weird having to watch these inspections go on before a pitcher takes the mound, after they come off. Like, it, it wastes a little bit of time. Um, there's a lot of other – I guess, details that revolve around it that, you know, may change how players perceive it, right? Uh, you got the punishments, right? It's just one start. If you're a starting pitcher, you just push your starts back. So that's something, upcoming free agency. Like there's a lot of decisions in the future that will decide whether these players use the substances or not. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of who is just like, you know, F it. Let's just keep using it. If we get caught, we get caught. We're just going to keep balling. And who's just going to be careful, but they'll see their numbers decline. It's just going to be a weird situation to follow. Well, is the MLB going to go down or up? Like, are people going to be like, oh, maybe batting makes – I feel like hitting – more fans like hitting. But, you know, guys, I got to think something about the MLB. Like, my grandfather told me this. Like, you know what that baseball's came to these days? It's literally just hit home runs. Like, I, I think it's sad. Like, baseball's yeah, not about that. Like, that. Yeah, like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think it's just, like, not even just this pitch. Maybe, maybe like, I think pitching is more boring. For, for a general fan, pitching is going to be more boring. I like watching a good pitcher's duel. Don't get me wrong. But as a person our age, they like baseball with a lot of hitting. You know, look at the steroids era. Look at the Barry Bonds era. Look at the, you know, that was, that you know, Randy, Manny Ramirez. Like, that, just, that was a crazy time for hitting. You know, and look at the ratings. They went back up. Now you're going, they're going down again. I mean, is, is, this, is, is this good for the MLB? Maybe, maybe batting goes up. And also, like, the home run thing, I think it just ruins it too, like you said. But maybe the more players will get hits. People like action. And it's gaining, gaining, gaining. Uh, especially in the younger audience. People want power. Look at boxing. Boxing is starting to take off again. Uh, people want to... See hitting, whether it's hitting a ball, hitting a person, or hitting. Fighting thing, big. Fighting thing, huge. Um. So I, I, one thing I have a problem with is that you know they've done they've enforced a lot of rules in baseball to make the game faster, and then now they're gonna introduce this new investigation every time the pitcher goes up to to pitch and goes off the mound, making the game slower again. So like, how how do you think that will impact um, the fan engagement and? Um, the fan response. Well, I think it's only going to be once or twice a game, like before they start or when they finish. I don't think it's going to be every single inning. So it's not going to be like, a, like oh, this is going to take five minutes to inspect. Like, you know, they're going to check your hat. They're going to check your glove, check your pockets, and then you're good to go. Like, that's it. Yeah. So it's not like something that's really going to delay the game. But at the same time, 
you know, it's something that's just going to become a nuisance as it continues to have to happen throughout the league. You know, from a, like a sports marketing standpoint, they could definitely integrate some type of revenue generation from this. And you know how you have like the seventh inning stretch, Mm -hmm. the investigation stretch. (laughs) And and they do like a contest during the investigation and do like a funny, like sticky, I don't know, sticky game or something. And yeah, it could work. That'd be funny. It's just, I don't know if the MLB wants to promote stuff like that. That's the only thing. Well, it's not. It's not directly the MLB, it's the teams individually because the teams, the team is managed by a, a separate entity than the MLB. Uh, whoever puts on the pre, the um, in-game promotions and stuff, that's, that's usually not the MLB, it's the team management. Yeah. I, I mean, you could look into that. Maybe you could be the first guy to kind of pioneer that market. That would be interesting. <laughs> But uh, on to topic two for the day. Um, This one, it's basically free agency talk. Major sports are coming to an end soon. So there's a lot of free agents on the market. I also have a couple free agents over here that I want to get your opinions on who they're going to be going to. So I guess the first thing I want to do is like this free agency segment is not going to be based around a news story or anything like that. It's basically like an open discussion pretty much about kind of the stresses of being a free agent, um, risk versus reward during a content or contract year, just stuff like that. Like it, it's very tough being a free agent, major sports. You always want to cash in on that next, the uh, next check. You never know what's going to happen. So there's a lot of ethical decisions, a lot of health decisions. There's so many things you have to be on top of as you're going into this free agency here. And at the end of the day, you have to play incredible. Otherwise you won't get the money you seek. So I'm going to kind of open up the floor to like a brief little discussion about free agency, kind of ways to deal with the mental stresses, stuff like that that you guys would like to talk about. Um, I'd like to go first. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played like 2K. Well, I know you guys have played 2K. Yeah, I I whooped you many times. <laughs> you game. Oh, yeah. Before before we get into this, since he brought up 2K. You whooped me maybe since once. Since we brought up 2K, Elliot and I played with our um, teams that we drafted from the different eras. That was BS. We played with both the first draft where we weren't recording and the second draft where we were. And I smoked them with both squads. He didn't <laughs> so... smoke me. He smoked me with one squad. Because both of them, both of them, you got mobs. And well, anyways, um, and back into like you know two K. Once once a player hits free agency, that's a do or die. If you're not a star player going into free agency, your career can be done. And that that's literally the end of your professional career. Uh, you might you that's when you start start doing podcasts or start coaching little league or something like that, or, or start doing, um, I don't know, general management. You, you, you take a step back from the game and, um, there are people who get into the free agency and, and that's when their life can begin for the better because they can go out off to a better team. They have more hope and more drive to, to actually do, uh, what what that what needs to be done with a team that wants them, 
So for some people, it can be a start of their career, and for others, it can be an end. And that that alone puts so much mental stress on you that it's ridiculous. But the, the great part about free agency, I do have to say, is, is the contract negotiations, is that if you, you believe you, you deserve to be paid better, this is your time to be. Mm-hmm. It's your time to negotiate your contract and, and work that salary that you think you, you rightly deserve. Um, and for others, on the other tail end, it's a time when you lose money. You, you're, you might be a free agent for that reason. You never got traded while you're going into free agency, knowing that, okay, this guy's going to be a free agent. Um, we should trade him so we can get something out of them at least before he just goes off and does whatever he wants. Uh, and if you, if you make that, if the team makes that decision to not even try to trade you, just let you go, it's usually not a good thing um, unless it's the player's option, unless they have a player's option and they're unrestricted. Which a lot of people are going into the um, going into the off season this year, especially in the NBA. Uh, but it, it 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 the way it puts a downer on you can be a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, it, you have to have mental strength going into free agency, and you got to know what you deserve. Yeah, um, yeah. Elliot, everything else you just said is just absolutely spot on about it because. It, I, I actually wonder all the time, like, what what is it like to be a free agent? Um, as as any any sport, soccer, football, you know what I mean, and baseball. I mean, technically, you're a free I can tell agent. you right now, as being a free agent, my you're whole leaving, life, you're leaving your home. Not good. No, <laughs> you, you, you you can go. Sorry, bro. I need to. Oh no, I just. <laughs> Uh, since yeah. high school, I've been a free agent. So, I well, I took my player's option and not signing for my D two and yeah. D schools for lacrosse. Um, but yeah, you know, you you get to make your own decisions, which is great. But another on the other side, you know, you're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a stressful time yes. in any athlete's life, you know. You got a lot of pressures, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. It's a high intensity situation. It's like Especially you have to have a lot of strength, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a veteran. Like you're a veteran. Like that's. I think that's even a stressful time. You have a wife, kids at that time in your thirties. You want to keep playing. You want to like look at Tom Brady. He picked up everything. He moved to Tampa with his entire family. But that just still to say, do do a lot of athletes you think actually bring their families too? With them oh, to yeah. that city, or do they keep oh, them? Definitely, I think I, it's I, more, I, more painful to to go um, from, to another team without your family, because yeah. not only do you have that mental pressure of performing, but also not with you. you can't spend time with the people you. Well, because no, I heard this, I heard this is OKC guys, but Chris Paul last year when he was on the on the Thunder, his kids didn't go to OKC with him. He they he kept them out in LA. He's kept mm-hmm. them out in LA since. Since he got traded from the Clippers, I think. Yeah, but his his kids at that time were also already in school. They were already had friends. They already had established workplace. Uh, and I don't think Chris Paul saw himself being in OKC very long. I think he knew that going into going into the trade. What about what about Houston though? Because he was in Houston for with James Harden for like two years too. That is true. Well, it's interesting okay, you guys it. bring up Chris Paul. Because I actually have a list of free agents from several sports on here. 
Uh, I was wondering if I could get you guys' predictions for uh, teams this next year. Hey, Luka Donich, Zion Williamson, both low-key went out of their teams. Luka Donich, I've I've heard Luka Donich rumors, guys. Where is Luka? Could Luka be headed somewhere? Wait, wait, Ben, Ben, can I pause you real quick? Can you say that name again? Luka Donich? (laughs) Luka Donich? Luka Doncic? Donich. I call it Donich. I I don't know. I'm sorry, man. That was funny. No, it's fine. Sometimes, sometimes, no, I have a friend that, I have Pete friends do, they say, like, names wrong, and I'm like, that's not right. But, like, I just say, <laughs> I don't know if I say Donage. Um, but, look, look at Donage. There you go. Donage, Donage. Donage, um. He, <laughs> Continue. He, uh, once, I've been hearing rumors, guys, that he wants out of Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Him I mean, and Kristaps, both gone. Rick Carlisle, oh, I mean, Chris, I think Kristaps wants out of Dallas. Obviously, we talked about Kristaps. He wants to be the own guy, but. Well, I have, we have a question for you, Ben. Then, do you think do you think if Luca leaves, Doncic, um, Kristaps wants to be his own player. So, uh, so rock paper scissors, and loser has to leave Dallas. That's what you're saying. You're saying. You're- uh, I think I think Porzingis would stay in Dallas if Luca leaves. No, I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean Porzingis, Porzingis would be a great a great addition, just as number one guy. I mean I. Uh, losing Luke, losing Luca would be bad, but like there you go, Porzingis. That's you, you're the number one guy now. You're in Dallas, Mark Cuban. Like there, you get a, Mark Cuban's a you know big big market guy. You know Dallas is a you know what I mean. It's a no well known team because of Mark Cuban. For sure, Porzingis mm-hmm. has his stardom. But if you're a Dallas fan listening, guys, you do not want Luca gone. You could build a team with Luca. I've been seeing the potential. I know. I know Luca's going to be the best player on the planet in two years. Yeah, if I don't you get that. rid of Luca, you're an idiot. Yeah, why the heck? I was gonna say, why the heck would you get rid of Luca? He's yeah. better than Tatum. I he's well, a, I don't uh, think at that point young, they want to get rid of him. He's better than Tatum. Better than Tatum. Luca don't Luca Donich. See, I can't. Luka, he's better <laughs> than. Oh, <my> <laughs> uh, it's in my head now. Luca, uh, Luca. I was gonna say Luca. Luca. He. He. He's going to be the best player. He's going to be a three, calling it now, three, the four-time MVP in this league, period. He does everything, and he's a, other than defending, his defending is a little iffy. That's the one thing I give Tatum over him. But his facilitating, his shooting, I mean, he's like a bigger version of Steph Curry, low-key. Yes. He literally just pops up threes like nothing. He can. He's stronger than Steph Curry. Like he's strong. He can take it low. He's... He's he's really nifty. He's like slick, more slick than you think. Like he can get through defenders, kind of like James Harden. Um, he's a again an amazing passer, can rebound. I mean, how can you not tell me this guy? This guy's unreal, unreal. I mean, when they were saying this guy from Slovenia, I didn't believe. It. I thought it was another like oh European hype up. Even Porzingis a little hyped up. No, this guy's a real. This guy is the real deal. He's better than Zion. And I'm gonna I want I just before you go, Elliot. I want to say Zion, Zion's parents, according to this, not even Zion. Parents uh, want him out of New Orleans. Here's my thing on this. I have a friend that goes to school down in New Orleans. That's a fun-ass city. Yeah, that's a fun city. He has a young... Zion's my age, practically. But it's destructive. Yeah. I mean, but I think Zion's a guy that trains pretty hard um, and stuff. Zion Williamson, like, it's a fun little city. And, it, you know, I, I feel like if I'm Zion, give it, he's only been on the team for two years. Like... Stan Van Gundy was a flop. I didn't. I never liked Stan Van Gundy. You have Brandon Ingram. You have you have talent on the team. 
but you gotta you gotta look at it this way. Like you you get some guys in New Orleans. I okay, come on, don't give up on Zion. Like Zion needs to stick with New Orleans for a couple of years. If it's yeah. like Davis or Paul six seven years in, okay, get me out of New Orleans. But give you got Brandon Ingram. I mean, CB three didn't have a star with him in New Orleans. Maybe David West, okay player, all star one year, and then Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday. No offense, Drew Holiday is a great third or fourth piece on the Bucks right now, but Drew Holiday. It, the, the, the Bucks or, the, or, or Boogie Cousins, but the Pelicans had no backcourt for AD. There's talent on the Pelicans team. That's, I'll wrap that up. I think that Zion needs to go to a team that needs a big man. And he, they don't need to build a team around Zion. Zion needs to go to a team that's already been built. And he needs to be the uh, keystone piece at the top. Yeah. Um, or, well, technically – at the bottom because he's a center. Uh, but going back into free agents, you know, Chris Paul is going to be a free agent. I think that he'll resign. He's not going. He's If Phoenix wins automatically, if he yeah. loses, he still goes back. I still think he's going to stay there. I think he likes the team. He likes where he is. He likes his um, – It's Arizona. It's a nice little area, man. Yeah. It's, it's not that far from L.A. Um, Kyle Lowry. I The Celtics? I don't want Kyle Lowry. I, really I don't either, but maybe. Like, yeah, no, I, I'm not a fan of him, too. I actually was saying this to my friend. All that guy does is stick his ass into you and he tracks getting foul called. Yeah. I I mean, my... my He's old. Kyle Lowry stems from me playing um, with him and, like, building a draft, doing the, like, snake drafts back when I was in, like, high school and just yeah. drafting teams all the time. And I, I played with him on 2K once and garbage on 2k bro i was like i was like 50 you know and he's like i want to trade like, bro like we're literally the best really? i don't, I don't see him trade. leaving man i think he'll stay there in toronto till his career is over he yeah, he's gonna rot away in toronto he will toronto isn't gonna do anything they had that uh, one year and that the toronto's not gonna win like in the next 50 years now Kawhi no. had that Kawhi brought them a little glory, and then goodbye. Like the Rosen, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah Kawhi, uh, like I'll get you a ring. I'll get you a ring. He's like, hey, hey, hey. I mean, he'll get him a ring. What about now, um, Mondo? I have a question for you. What about Goron? Dragic. Yeah. Hmm. Honestly, that is someone I could see going to the Celtics. Yeah, I just said Celtics. I'm not being being biased. Celtics. Yeah, he's a second place player now. He, he's a bench player. I hear I was taking the job. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think he could help run that Celtic squad. So, yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're, I'd say they're the team that comes to mind. You know, you're trying to move around some pieces. Goran Dragic is a great facilitator. Like, he's perfect for that offense. What about Evan Fournier? Uh, he's back in Boston, I think. Mm-hmm. I also think this. He's. Uh, I think he liked. It. I think he liked it here. I think he saw the potential in the Celtics too. You get Jalen Brown. I'll get into my my segment. I'll talk against the Celtics more. I think he's already liking the team even more. Okay. I think. I think you get Fournier back. At Fournier back, and I think you can get Goran Dragic here. That's someone I just. I got, how about another one though? Mike Conley to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. We're not mind like Mike Conley. Mike Conley is a team player. He's he happy. Might, he's definitely happy where he is, man. That he's been balling out there. 
Hey, hey guys, that's a question. If Mike Conley's healthy in the series, in the Clippers series, do the, do the Jazz win? They, they were so. Mike Conley. Remember that. I think so, because you'd still have Kawhi out. I think Jazz would have been able to kind of fight through it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I got a couple more athletes that I want to bring up for free agency, just from different sports. So next one, Carlos Correa. Yes. Okay. So. Johnny, I'm glad you brought this one up. Man, I was watching the Red Sox Astros series, and these Red Sox announcers every freaking time is about Carlos Correa is going to leave the Astros at the end of this year. We don't like, they kept talking about how he's a free agent. And I was like, every mm-hmm. time, like, I've heard it 30 times. And I've, so that's how I know that. God, I, I, Carlos Correa, I mean, they keep saying the Red Sox guy said he wants out of there. He's not coming to Boston. I, I, no. Carlos Correa. Um, but, um, I don't like him anyway. Um, but yeah, he's a great player. He's talented. I mean, He's out of Houston, though. He's getting paid somewhere big. He's having a great year. He's getting big money. I think he's going to roll into the AL East. Um, oh, God. Oh, jeez. But no. listen to who? Better not be the Yankees. That's I think of- it's going to be the Orioles. I think Ooh. the Orioles are a dark horse team to get Correa this offseason. They're nasty. Correa has a lot of bad blood with the AL East. I know he wants in there to tear it up. Wait, does Baltimore? Does Bal- Do you think Baltimore's got a lot of potential in like a year or two? Because they have. Oh know. yeah, they got great. They have a fantastic farm system. Like they're gonna be a force in a couple of years. I can promise you that. Oh, Baltimore, Baltimore. I mean, you remember Baltimore? And Adam Jones and like Chris Davis. How good they were. They were sick that one year. But we, the Red Sox were better. But they were good. Like they had a nasty team. All right, <laughs> the the next player and. Um, this guy caused a lot of waves throughout his career as being wanting out of his team. But Chris Bryant, where do you think Chris Bryant's going to end up? I think we'll go back to Chicago. I think he likes Chicago. Yeah, I think he'll stay. I think Chicago's got the money to pay him, and I just really think that he's like a Cubbies for life kind of guy. Like Cubbies won that World Series with them. Like other players may, but I don't know. Chris Bryant's like always been like a Cub to me. Like he's not going to leave the, the Cubs. Like he did so much for that city. Like, under, I mean, this sounds really. This is a really hot take. I, behind Jordan and maybe Refrigerator Perry, Walter Payton. I mean, Chris Bryant is going to be known as a god in Chicago, guys. I mean, God, he's their best and the MVP in twenty sixteen. The Cubs and the hundred just because of the curse, like hundred eight year curse. Like Chris Bryant's already one of the greatest Cubs probably in the last hundred years. Like. I think he goes back to Chicago. It's such a historical franchise. You think they give him a long contract deal? I do. I think. Yeah. Still, okay, is he 2016, Chris Bryant? He's not as good. He's balling. Well, he's, he's but the Cubs balling. are good. The Cubs are good. The Cubs have not been bad since Chris Bryant's been a rookie, literally. So I'm saying Chris Bryant is a game-changing player on that Cubs team from 2015, and he is going off even this year. Like I haven't watched a lot of Cubs baseball. One, one year. He's a great uh, he, He's third baseman. Let's always get a good third baseman. Not bring him back. He can hit the home run ball. He's a good on. He's he's good at both. He's good at hitting home runs. He's got the power. But I've also seen he's good. He's a good on base hitter. I've seen him do a lot of opposite field. He's a good. Keep him. MVP. Yeah, I think he's gonna end up resigning. But if he didn't, I my guess would probably be the Nationals. I think they're looking for that one hitter that they're missing in their lineup. They're, they're looking for that Rendon talent. So before, if we're, I'm gonna ask these things up here, but before we go, Nationals, what what do you think? Why do you think they're not as good? Like after the that one year, man, they won. Like um, just, a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID so? cases. Like they just haven't been able to be in a rhythm. That's that's what's been going on. 
Because yeah, I'm under 500 right yeah. now. All right, the uh, the final player. We're gonna switch sports one more time. Um, Richard Sherman still not signed. Um, Richard Sherman's done, guys. I'm gonna say a C right now, and I'm gonna. It's gonna be painful to say what I'm about to say. God, I hate myself for saying this. The Kansas City Chiefs. Watch them swoop in there. You think? You know, and it's gonna happen like right before training camp. He's gonna be like. I, I, maybe not even training camp. What if it's even like middle of the year? Chris Richard Sherman, week four, week five. Hey, I've got a couple games on me rested. I want to sign somewhere. I want to win a championship. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Chiefs need a. I mean, they have the Tahani Badger, but they need an elite corner. Hello, Richard Sherman, Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl. You're the best team in the AFC. Automatically, Richard Sherman's there. I mean, maybe Buffalo or Tennessee, but. Richard Sherman isn't even that old. He's not even that old. Like, I was like, he's rested though. Like week four. No, he's what, gonna. What if I propose this to you guys? Richard Sherman makes his makes his signing as a return to Seattle. No, that not that's not the team. Seattle. Russell Wilson's not happy with the team. I, I, I don't think see he it. goes back. No. No. Nope. Oh. Hey, 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 Johnny. Here's another one. They had a good run with them. I think the Seahawks are going to be good this year. I think they'll be like as good as they've been. Ten and six. Ten and six team, in my opinion. Uh, real quickly, before we continue, just got a quick breaking news headline. The Pistons got the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, Rockets, Cavaliers, and Raptors round out the top four. Congrats to Detroit so, fans. Huge for the Pistons. Kate Is it Cunningham, though? Welcome to <laughs> you guys are probably first in something. Sorry. Welcome to Detroit, Cade Cunningham. Congratulations. Congrats. Evan Mobley to the Rockets. Jalen Green to the Cavs. And then Jimmy. Alright, that's going to wrap up our free agency predictions. So now let's move on to a quick Ben's breakdown segment. So Ben, what do you have with us? Keep it quick. Uh, I got to go bias my own team, but this is a big trade. It's a heating up discussion. Celtics trade uh, two-year point guard, um, injury-prone point guard Kemba Walker to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is, seems to be the team that old stars like to be shipped off to. You got Hal Horford that shipped off there, uh, Chris Paul, and now Kemba Walker. So, you know, first of all, so getting Horford, and they get this guy named Moses Brown. I don't know about you, Elliot, but Moses Brown, people are already talking this guy up, and he's going to be really good. He's 21. He had 17 points. And 19 rebounds against the Celtics this year. I don't care what anyone has to say. This kid is going to be good. He's got he's talented. I've watched some of his. And you know how you got him and Robert Williams? I like it. I like this. And Horford is a perfect vet. I know he's, what, 35? Guys, LeBron's 36. Okay, I know LeBron's LeBron, but players can look. Yeah, Al Horford is not that old. Like he, Horford was just out all year. He didn't work in Philly. Philly just didn't work with him. They already had him beat. OKC breasted him. My, bro- my brother told me this. He's like, he played 29 games this season. Al Horford back this year. We got a shooter now. You can stretch Elliott. You can stretch the floor. Tatum can stretch it out to Horford. Bang. You got two good re- – even if Robert Williams gets hurt now, boom. There you go. I mean, but I, 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 I got to go into more of Kemba Walker. As, like mentally, is he – is he – um. How's he feeling, guys? Because he does this guy. I mean, he's. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I love him. 
I, I watched him ball at UConn, watched him ball in North Carolina. I I hate seeing him like this. So I, I, I hope that. everything works out though in OKC. I hope he he figures it out. He stays healthy and he gets back to what he used to be able to do. Yeah. Um. And you know, so guys, the big the, the other big topic is just the NCA and this Supreme Court rules of nine. Uh, that uh, pretty much. It pretty much the Supreme Court favored all the Supreme Court judges favor it were in favor of uh, tracking down the NCA to make sure they're not doing anything outside the lines. Um, I think this is a big win for the players because I think I, I don't know if you guys ever even watched the show called Ballers. I, this is where I actually kind of mm-hmm. the Penn State crap, even with Sandusky, the way to just penalize Penn State was just BS. Sandusky is one thing, but the way they just he's the one who got caught. Yeah, not 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 Joe Paterno. Like maybe maybe Joe Paterno knew about it. Like I don't know. Like it's just that. But the NCAA is corrupt. It's corrupt. Alabama's gonna have a field day now. A field day, paying off athletes for their name and likeness and. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's could you argue like, that it levels the playing field a little bit for recruiting in the but, future? Oh yeah, what if other teams can pay that money for players? What like Johnny just said. You're you're looking at like Alabama's just gonna keep being good, dude. Alabama's already good. Okay, they've they can't already got. It. <laughs> dude, they're not. Yeah. Gonna, now they're gonna have, now 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 there's gonna be guys. Oh, I'm not going there for free. I can get some money out of these people. I can go to Whoa. Iowa. I can go to freaking Illinois. You know, UCF. Like some of these schools, they they got the money. Pull it out. You know what I mean? Like this isn't just oh Alabama. I think you look. You're having the wrong take on it. Mm-hmm. So what I what I think. Uh, this might, how I think this might play out is that, you know, the smaller name teams, the, the lower yeah. one teams are going to have to invest a lot of money in a single player. And that player will be their star. And hopefully that star, that one star that they can pull off can attract other audiences. Yeah. To other likenesses. That's the only thing you you can major, get. Major, can get. major interest. And then, then they can build into better players themselves instead of build, getting a bunch of five-star recruits everywhere and mashing a bunch of uh, like great athletes together. You, you find one great athlete to be at the heart of your system and then you pay the rest of them not as much money because coming out of high school, they're not worth it, but it doesn't mean that they can't be better. And I think when you use the money as an incentive and say, now we – now, even in college, I can tell you exactly how much you're worth. Right now, I can tell you how much you're worth. I can give you a price for how much I think you're worth. And going in, and that will show them how much better they can get. And going in from then into the pros, how much, how much better they can be. And I think it's a great, it's a great stamp to put on everyone. And I think it'd be pretty cool to see their growth from being, um, uh, an underpaid athlete, and it's a great story. Yeah, I was getting paid like nothing compared to these Alabama Alabama wide receivers. And you know what? Now I'm getting paid just as much or even more. And I think that that's really cool. And I'm glad the Supreme Court finally made this decision because the NCAA big business is ruining all of football and basketball and all of it. All of it. Always done it. They're cheaters. They're scammers. They're they're swindlers. Yeah, Dave Portnoy puts it better than anyone. You know, they're the big business. 
and Jay Porno is a big businessman. And they want to they want to throw it back to what looks like bettering their athletes, but isn't doing anything. You know, nothing at all. Leader of the NCAA. Yeah, the one the one big business guy that I respect for that reason, not for other. But Jay Porno has his things, but he's all he is about like he he's like and look at the NFL, bro. Look at Goodell. Oh, he said something bad about me, dude. Freedom of speech, bro. You can say whatever you want about the NFL. We don't agree with like that's why I don't like Goodell. Okay, like he banned Portnoy from going to Patriots the Super Bowl game. Like why? Like because he said <laughs> that was a petty move. He, he just did it because he could. Yeah, that's that, that, that's just stupid. Portnoy was like just he whipped it out and put it <laughs> like just for that. Like you're just you're just you're just a soft bit. Like, sorry, you're soft for that, man. Like you're literally just a girl for that. Throwing someone out like that, like <laughs> this isn't like a teenager like fight here. This is like. You guys are grown men. Just let the guy into the stupid stadium, you know? He's what? paying the money. He's paying the $2,000 he already charged these fans to pay, okay? All these corporate, half the people at the game at the or Super Bowl are corporate people. It's not even real fans, you know? They're already paying enough money. Why would throw them out of the game? You're making money, dude. Like, that's just NFL. Um, back, back to the topic of the NCAA, though. For those of you that are listening, um, Basically how, you know, Brett Kavanaugh is, is one of the Supreme Court justices. How he described it is that the way the athletes should be treated is not as amateurs anymore. Mm-hmm. Like any other student that's not a student athlete can go out and get a paid internship and work and do what, they, what they're studying to do and go out there and get paid for that. So should athletes. They go to the, the school or maybe a business degree, but their business is in sports. So let them get paid for their business. Yeah. Internship. You know, they might get a job after. They might get a full-time job with this company that they've been interning with their their whole um, four years, or they might not. You know, they might have to get a job somewhere else. So it should be treated the same way, and they should stop using this BS excuse that, oh, that they're amateur athletes, man. The Amateur amateurism should only be used in porn. It shouldn't be used in sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an exciting time for the NCAA. Uh, you got players that are actually playing for what they're worth. The NCAA can't take advantage of them anymore. So, as an as like a NCAA athlete, you love to see this. This is what you've been waiting for since you were a little kid. Like, this is like we're in exciting territory for the NCAA and the future of what it has to hold. Uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It, it it definitely is good for, especially the mentality, and it will probably drive a lot of lower-income um, athletes to push even harder. Yeah, yeah, to get money. I mean, Elder, like, that's the best point you made right there. Yeah, money. know that they can get out of risk-reward. Risk-reward risk right there. You you worked harder, man. You get that money. You're going to college. You're already getting – like, you get paid already. Yeah. So, yeah. You at least get something out of all this work you put into. Exactly. At any degree that you play. All right. That's going to wrap up Ben's breakdown. So now we move on to the final segment of today. Um. I guess we'll call it a little bit of a fantasy draft. We'll go a little shorter. Today is going to be four rounds, and it's going to be about athletes who didn't pan out in the pro field. Uh, The order is myself, then Ben, then Elliot. 
four rounds. So let's uh, let's get started. We'll be quick, and we'll wrap up the episode. So with the first pick, Team Mondo is gonna snag Tim Tebow, the man who was arguably the greatest college football player ever, and just won a playoff game in the NFL and played in the ML or MLB like minors. Dude just didn't piece it all together like he needed to. So Tim Tebow, welcome to the squad. All right. I I wanted Tim Tebow, but I'm gonna go with Johnny Manziel. Johnny, oh, yeah. that's a great one. Uh, I mean, he he partied too hard and he got to his head, and now Very true. He tried to play in the Can- Canadian League, didn't work out. Tried to play for the what is it, the XFL? Yeah, bankrupt because mostly because of COVID. I really wish that XFL did pan out, but. All right, Ben, you have two picks. Yeah, I mean, this is I, – I, I got to go first. I mean, this one – am I wrong to say this, but Marcus Mariota, remember how good he was in college? He was nasty when he was with Oregon. I was like, oh, he's going to be so good in the NFL. And he, he yeah. was good. I mean, he was pretty – like, that was a sad one. And I, I got to go for my second one. Guys, I mean, we were not even alive. It, it, the year, you, you're, you're a San Diego Chargers or L.A. Chargers fan now, but, man, you had the chance to draft Peyton Manning. And you took Ryan Leaf, but Ryan Leaf <laughs> was a great quarterback in college. So, what other one? What a sad story, I man. Ryan Leaf goes to jail for a while. He had like he had like drug issues. I think he got a couple of DUIs. So, like someone like Ryan Leaf, I mean, that's just a sad story, guys. I mean, he was such a legend in college. I mean, he was arguably better than Manning. He, he was better than Manning in college, they say, and. He dropped it in the NFL. He was terrible. I don't know if you guys remember him. The one he's the one that like blew up that reporter. Like he started yelling at him. Remember that? It's like a meme. Or he was it's one of those like outbursts and in interviews. <laughs> so that was sad. Yeah. With mine, I'm gonna go Darko Milchich. Well, hold on. Oh, yeah. Did Ben Ben, you took two, right? I took I took uh Ryan Leaf and what was the other one I took? Um what was his name? God. Um, uh, oh, oh, Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. God. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure. Yep. All right, you said Darko? Yeah, Darko. You guys probably don't know who he is, but he was I know who he pick. is. The number two pick in 2003 ahead of Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Bosh. And this man averaged two points a game in 96 games. In three seasons. Hey, if, hey, if you imagine really up to that height. the Pistons were to imagine the Pistons were good in two thousand four, guys. They won a title. Imagine if they yeah. got mellow or like on that team, they won like two more titles if they had like Mel, even rookie mellow. Facts. It'd be unstoppable. Or like uh, or um yeah. Dwayne Wade would be insane. Facts. Um, maybe maybe it would have had a different maybe game. the Pistons wouldn't he have won. the first round draft. Won you put Dwayne Wayne on the Pistons, the Pistons are winning like three straight titles. Right there. All right. You ready for this, boys? Yeah. I am a person that believes in second chances. I think America is the land of second chances. Except for when it comes to this too, Mr. Jabba the Hutt, you fat, slogly, no good, lazy. No, I'll take Jamarcus Russell, please. Thank Jamarcus you. Jamarcus <laughs> <Russell>. <laughs> you know what? I knew he was going to talk like that. 
Boss. So yeah, Javarcus Russell, welcome to the squad. I'm also gonna take um I guess at this point he's more of an actor than a football player. But um Brian Bosworth, a man who didn't who didn't pay off, got run over by Bo Jackson, was supposed to be the most fearsome man alive and was just a waste of space on the defense. Yeah. I I'm going to go with Greg Oden. God, that was mine. That was it's a good one. I, you know, he he was drafted in first round. Never really panned up. Uh, never really lived up to the hype coming out of Ohio State. And he's seven foot freaking tall center. And just yeah, Kevin Durant never could do it. Um, going into Portland his freshman year in the NBA, and yeah. It, the draft of Kevin Durant and Tarko Milicic. God, that's a name. Like that, <laughs> that and Greg Odom are just two like people. I'm just like, damn, like what a bust. Um, I mean, going into me, um, this is where it gets a little harder. You're starting to get into some players that I might have, guys. I don't know if you guys know the name of this one. This is for these Penn, all you uh, Penn Staters out there, if you're listening. Uh, cu- uh, cu- uh, what's his name? Kaya John Carter. You guys talk. You know what I'm talking about? Or uh, what's his name? You know what I'm talking about from Penn State. No. Nah. By the Bengals. Let me. Let me. What's his name? Uh, I always forget his name. I think it's Kaya John Carter or something. But I feel bad because usually I know this. This is <laughs> no Kajana Carter. God damn it. Um. He uh was this guy. Guys, he was the first overall pick in '95. Um, and I just remember this guy was. Went to Penn State. He was unreal. Heisman winner. Um, he was supposed to be one of the greatest running backs ever, and he ended up just being a flat out bust. I mean, there could have you could have the Bengals could have had Steve McNair that year, guys. And if you guys know, remember Steve McNair, MVP in the NFL in 03, could have had him. Um, Warren Sapp. They passed on Warren Sapp, Hall of Famer, right there. Um, Ty Law. Paid, I mean, he wasn't. You know, what I mean, Derek Brooks. So a lot of good players in that draft, and they took. Uh, Kajana Carter, for, I mean, for good reason, but he... Wander Franco Dinger. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Love that. Oh, crap. A-Rod just, A-Rod just gave him a home run. Is that what you're... <laughs> what uh, yeah, anyway, continue. Sorry. No, keep, I'm, I'm good now, but like, damn, I, like, damn it. A-Rod has been awful. This <laughs> but no, well, yeah, Kajana Carter, that right there, that's a, that's a sad one. You guys yeah. You know how it is now? Yeah, I just Googled it. So Yeah, he was a bust. He was huge, though, in Penn State. Tough. Who's your final pick? Yeah, I mean, Kajana Carter is high up there. And, I, you know, this is a hard one. I'm going to have to go with um, Tim Couch. I mean, you get, I was thinking, like, I don't know, Tim Couch. That's I mean, a good one. He's another one, guys. I mean, the Browns really – First overall, like I think he was, was he the first overall pick in two thousand two, or is it, no, he was two thousand. I don't no, remember. He was, he was so long. Ninety nine. He was ninety nine. Ninety nine. I was like, what? Ninety nine? Because because Brady was two thousand. I know he wasn't drafted because Brady, but he's oh, ninety nine. Uh, another one, guys. Like one of the Kentucky, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever to play. Kentucky, you know, Heisman candidate. Um. And he just never panned out. I mean, he wasn't as bad. I don't think people, I don't think he was as bad as people like say. I've looked him up, and 
he was and he was on the rookie all like on the all rookie team this year. Like he took the Browns to the playoffs. Like the last the the like from O two, Kim Couch was the starting quarterback. So they had like a good year ish, but still like just people talk about Tim Couch and how that just didn't pan out. Like what a bust. But that's just with the Browns guys. The Browns are just cursed. But Baker Mayfield is changing it. Baker's changing it. Baker is changing it. All right, Elliot, who's your last pick? My last pick is Drew Henson. So you, okay. guys, you guys know Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. But y'all know who? Yes, he started over Tom Brady at college, and he was not good as Tom Brady. He was not as good yeah. as Tom Brady. He took over Tom Brady's spot. In he wasn't the- as good as Tom Brady even in college, though. Mm-hmm. He was drafted in 1998 by the Yankees in the MLB, too. And where he recorded a single hit and a one 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 batting average in time bats. Uh he retired in two thousand four and spent most of his time on the Dallas bench. Never really did anything. And he generated a lot of hype in Michigan uh after Tom Brady had left and just, you know, never did anything at all. Yeah, no, that's a good one. He had a lot of this raw talent. That's the one with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just I, I kinda looked at that too. I'm like, damn, what a waste. This guy looked like a beast. He was like fast, big, bigger, better athlete than Tom Brady, but Yeah. Couldn't he was yeah. but listen, as a QB, Tom Brady, number ten out there was the better quarterback. I mean, I hate how I hate you know, Michigan doesn't sit out Tom Brady. Michigan might have won the national championship that year. Because Tom they lost one of the games because Drew Henson got them down like seventeen nothing. You never mm-hmm. know. And he beat Alabama on that orange ball. So I'm just saying that Drew Henson, yeah, he was hyped up. And that's the thing. He was so hyped up in college from, like, just a high school athlete that they had to start him in the freaking games because he'd go play baseball. You know? And Tom Brady, yeah. Brady's like, why am I spending time with this guy? Tom Brady's like, I'm better than this. <laughs> no, I feel bad for Tom Brady. Okay. With the final pick in the draft of the night. I'm going to take the big man himself, Mr. Kwame Brown. His career-defining moment is he combined for 82 points with Kobe Bryant, where he scored one. So, Kwame Brown, you former number one pick, welcome to the squatted bus. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, he was part of that uh, 81-point game. That's all that matters. I mean, he was in there. He uh, snuck that point in, you know? All right, know, that's... 2000, 2013, he was making over $2 million. Guys, how about... Here's just the honorable mention. Just not really. Anthony Bennett, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. yeah. Um, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, but he was good in the NFL until he murdered people. True. Yeah, he was good in the NFL. Jeremy Lin. You know, off, off. Jimmy Lin, was Jimmy Lin really hyped up in college? Because he just had that one, like, good He was month. hyped up for, like, a month in the NBA and then just, like, disappeared. Like, Tebow, 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 is, like, Tebow is the best one because Tebow, like, he he was so good in college, bro. Like, yeah. He, the Heisman game every year. And he, but Jimmy, Jimmy Lin was just a one. Linsanity. It was a free. It was a phase. I remember it. Almost 10 years ago now. Linsanity, 2012. New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment down below, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Peace out.
Thank you for watching this week's episode of the Sport Mind Avenue podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on our page. And stay tuned for more of our podcasts and exclusive content in the future.